And uh, and David looks at me. He goes, "Hey, man, we're in the zone." <laughs> Social <laughs> blind roast. <laughs> and part of that was what I was saying underneath yeah. all yeah. of that uh-huh. was. We're in this thing, and you better not ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, one thought I had about what we could do is talk about um, what we've contributed to the Enneagram uh, as, a, as a group. You mm-hmm. know? The Big Hormone Enneagram. I'm John Lukovic, 415, sexual self-prez, 458 traffic. I'm David Gray, self-prez sexual, 9 with one wing, 974 traffic. What up, it's Emika, I'm an 8 wing 7, sexual self-prez, with 854 fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy, I'm a 3 wing 4, self-prez social, with Hi, I'm Alexandra, I'm a social self-preservation, 9 wing 1, 963 traffic. If you like or hate us, make sure you go like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and make sure you leave us a review. All right. <coughs> Chicago Zone. Chicago Zone. Let's go. Right. Welcome. Uh, we have no idea what we're going to talk about because <laughs> we are planning to do the uh, social blind, blind roast because otherwise... Uh, we just record that on our own. And Alexander would have all the heavy duty and have to come up with something. Yeah, come up with something. Come up with uh, something. I'd have to make it all up. Seconds. The three legends. How would you I would roast? No, I would have no experience trinity. to pull from whatsoever to make uh, fun of you guys. Are we not going to do that? So maybe we'll do no. it. But uh, there's a lot of nine energy in here that's uh, kind of want to take the edge off <laughs> because we spent all night uh, up. You know, hanging out. So, <laughs> do we know what we want to talk about? <laughs> what do we feel like talking about? All right, well, we're here with. Weren't uh, we going to pass the mic around? And we are here with a few us? people. Yeah, we're here with a lot of the uh, greatest hits guests that we've had. We're with Odinaka. 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 We should just pass. Hello. Yes. This Odinaka Chukumalachi is okay. Uh, Say your type too. Here from Wakanda uh, <laughs> to hang out with y'all. Uh, yeah, it's been yeah, it's, it's been great. Um, yeah, to I feel like I've met all everybody digitally, but never in person. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's been really yeah, it's been a really beautiful experience. Say say your type too. Huh? Say your type. Too. Oh yeah, six three nine XOSX. I don't know if you're in the shot. Am I in the shot? Not on the one he'll on be in that one. That one? Yo, yo, yeah, you'll be in that one. You'll be in that one. Yeah, hey. Six or nine. SOSX. SOSX, okay. You know what? Remind people who he is, though, the astrologer. Oh, yeah, I'm an astrologer. I was on season one. Big Hormone Enneagram. Yeah, I'm tongue tied right now. We all are. To some degree, yes. Pass it on. Yeah, we got the dream girls. If you want yeah. to say anything about dream, your dream, dream team, introduce yourselves. Let's just okay. do let's just do introductions right now, and if okay, you have hi. some extra hi stuff all. to add. I'm Kaiser, and uh, I'm a nine wing eight, nine three five, sexual social. 
Uh, I was invited here as an interesting specimen. Wow. Yes. <laughs> and also because uh, I'm apparently a nice person. <laughs> she is. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> uh, me, Sammy and Kristen are hosting our own podcast now. It's called Sinsomnia. And there we are going to talk about our relationship to our instincts in the unconscious and in the archetypal and mythological way. And we've come up with ways to develop a more spiritual relationship with the instincts. So please check that out. Well, and there's about dreams too, right? Yeah, dreams. Did I not say that? dreams. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. <laughs> no. Um, I could do a quick roast. Well, despite your, like, okay. Well, we've been engaging in very, like, uh, vulnerable and intimate conversations with each other. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm in a very roasty mood. So I'm just wow. going to say that despite your self-deprecating image, you are all so adorable and lovely <laughs> and huggable. You are like teddy bears. <laughs> and as he grounds it, you have these, like, uh, wet eyes, like, so cute. <laughs> yeah, just That's discounting that so part. <laughs> We're so cute. <laughs> so cute. You're just discounting that part of yourselves. That's what happens. <laughs> this is what happens when you try to roast social blind. This becomes a love fest. Right. This is roasting <laughs> with a social instinct. Okay. <laughs> 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 oh, she's about to talk a lot right now. She's about to <laughs> now introducing the loudest Please. person in the gang. All right, I'm Sammy. Um, I'm a nine wing one nine five four self press social. Um, as Kaiser said, I am a co-host of the Sinsamia podcast. Um, and what else are we? What else are we saying? What do you want? What do you want to say? I, I think I've said it a lot. What's your experience? <laughs> <laughs> What's your experience of being on the the pod with these two? It's been really interesting. I mean, we met very briefly in November, and then from then until now, like, we had the idea to have the podcast, and then we put it out, and we're still just, like, learning as we go along. So it's been a learning experience, and it's been interesting. Um, yeah, it's definitely, like, an unusual experience to be talking so openly about vulnerable stuff um, and putting it out there, but it feels like like exposure therapy in a way, in the best way. So there's still a lot to learn, and I'm excited. So I'll pass it off to the Dream Lord now. <laughs> the Dream Lord herself. Morpheus. Hello. Welcome. Um, okay. <laughs> my name's Kristen, or Dream Lord, or Morpheus. I go by many names. So. Um, social self prez nine ring one nine six three. Uh, yeah. Who am I? Um, yeah. Who are you? <laughs> I do. I do dream work stuff, and we have an awesome podcast. That even if no one listens to it, I love it so much. <laughs> um, we like. We've learned so much through it, and it's at least for me individually, like, developed my relationship with the Enneagram and its materials in like a very personal way, like not just like things that I read or whatever, like, this is it inside of me, so I think that's really cool. What's the, like, 
archetypal link between the Enneagram or the instincts and dreams? Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, we're still kind of working that out. It's a big topic that would probably need way more time to explain. Um, but we're kind of looking at, like, what sort of charge each instinct has um, in an archetype. And depending on where it's at in your stacking, like, what it tries to go after and how it tries to get it in the external world. So then the internal world's just, like, completely neglected. Mm. And that's where the real, Interesting. like, relationship is. Cool. So that's a very summarized version. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Cool. All right, who are you? Who am I? Everybody knows who I am. <laughs> Amica the Great. I'm, I'm Amica the God Great. God does many great things. The host with the mostest. Y'all can Saint just consider Jesus's. this part of a social blood roast. It's just anything. <laughs> just a self roast. Amica talking is itself a yes. roast. <laughs> How amazing I am. Um, yeah, this has been a way, great weekend. I think this is probably... It's up there is one of my favorite zones. Uh, we had like a really cohesive space and we haven't really done like a intimate blending and mixing of vibes and personalities like this in a long time. So I'm, I'm really happy that you guys got to meet my sister and it felt like a real... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's been a great weekend and to connect and to really remind ourselves of what life is as a, an experience of interconnectedness. And um, it's really special. I'm really happy that you guys, that we could all do this together. So that's me. <laughs> uh, all right, well, uh, feel the same. This is an amazing zone. Uh, it's like some of the, everybody rules you know and uh just been uh, everything's flowed so well too yeah, yeah. but it's been like intense fun and uh, everybody's been down for everything and uh i really appreciate that and yeah everybody's been very sincere and uh i don't know it's cool to find people that are sincere about what they're doing and not playing little ego games with each other yeah and what's also been fun is that we've all been like making fun of each other's enneagram types <laughs> and you know just like all the nines under this blankie over here uh, <laughs> josh walking in with the three star power <laughs> push it to the limit push it to the limit <laughs> you know the seven jellyfish over here just vibing uh and you know six is doing six and eight doing eight and all that kind of stuff so uh it's been really fun hey guys um, I'm Alexandra, I'm a nine-wing one, another, I'm one of four Bermudas that are here, which is excellent, we got more attachment takeover here. <laughs> the Bermuda yes. slave race? Yes, <laughs> the Bermuda slave race, yes, we have, just for, whatever, dude, slave race, we're going to take over all of you. Uh, we have, let me see. We have a six, a nine, a nine, a nine, a nine, a three, and a nine, and a six. Okay, we've got like mostly attachment types here, and I don't know. I just wanted to comment on that. <laughs> um, yeah, as somebody that has had a lot of anxiety with these kind of meetups, it was really nice to go into this one with none. Yeah. Um, no concerns, and it was it was kind of you know it's 
the result of that has been kind of a strange experience because what I ended up being afraid of was the fact that I had nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> mm. So it's been a very open, clear space for me to do some like really, um, for me to start doing some like important processing and some important release made some really close connections now. And yeah, it just feels, this has been really special and I'm just really glad to have it with you guys. <laughs> Hi everyone, my name's Akram. I'm a seven wing six, seven nine three, social sexual. Um and hold the mic closer. I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> um it's been a very heart opening weekend and I've met all of you for the first time in person. And I think I've really only talked to David um personally before coming here. But it's so special because I feel like I know you guys deeply which is just i don't know <laughs> feels like it should be fake but it's not so um yeah i don't know what else to say but very happy to be here and happy that i met to i got to meet all you beautiful people so yeah what's up douchebags <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> um, I'm Josh. <laughs> uh, I'm Josh. I'm a three wing four social self pres three nine six. And um, I host a podcast slash interview show called What It's Like to Be You. I've interviewed many people here, including Ikram over here. Um, <clears throat> coming for the rest of you soon. I'm your host, Josh Levine. That's right. <laughs> Welcome to What It's Like to Be You. Um, yeah, what else, what else should I say? Uh, Impressions of the weekend or whatever weekend. you want yeah. to say. Where there's a tear, Josh um, will be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm processing. I, wanna, I, I brought kind of a, a big moment, actually, for me was, was bringing my friend Jennifer here today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, um, (laughs) like, um, I feel like there's a way that I've been rediscovering my assertive energy and, um, you know, some people have like commented and, uh, just kind of mirrored, mirrored it to me in a way that's been really nice. It helps me kind of see myself. And, um, part of claiming my assertive energy is like, you know, the, the uh having the thought like i want my i want my friend to come and meet you guys mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and then obviously today is kind of like a chill day like the the vibe wasn't fully there for it to catch but like um you know i just felt really good about i'm like yes like this i'm i feel certain about this like she's mm. she's good for the group you know right right and the group is good for her so that feels really special um and yeah, I've got a lot internally going on right now. I'm kind of processing um, just like a swirl of things, but um, I feel like my heart is really open right now. And um, yeah, I just feel, I feel, I feel really touched right now in a way that's like, it's, it's still very raw, but, uh, but very beautiful. So that's where I'm at. Finally, she reveals herself. Courtney with the <laughs> Courtney with the cake. <laughs> Hello, I'm Courtney with the K. 
she has she has to have theme music. <laughs> true, it's true. Uh, I'm a six wing five six three one social self press, um, and I was also on in season one. <clears throat> And season two. And season two. And season three. Hmm. Um, really, I guess, kickstarting Each the whole year. object relations thing, which yep. has yeah. been such a big piece of the contributions you guys have made to people and to the field. Um, so that feels special. And, yeah, it's been really fun to be here. And I want to stand for healing can be fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, which I think is what happened yesterday and is continuing to happen. He's got his own. Go. <laughs> I'm David. I think you all know me. Um, what you don't know is that I'm retyping now as a social two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I've been uh, getting up into everybody's business the whole <laughs> weekend with love and affection. And tending to everyone's needs, <laughs> not thinking about myself. Um, no, it's been great. Uh, good to reconnect with old friends, and glad you all are here. That's it. Yeah. I've known David since 2005, and just found out yesterday he's Jewish. David's a Jew. <laughs> he's a Jewish person. <laughs> Social blind roast. <laughs> <laughs> and then me and John just realized yesterday that we're firstborns with two rejection parents. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked yeah, about yeah. Wait, I, I knew that about you guys. Yeah. You didn't know that about each other? I mean, we didn't make that connection. Social blind. <laughs> Social blind. We're just vibing, man. We're just vibing. Yeah. So yeah, the original plan was to, to roast uh, social blinds, but everybody's all gentle and heart open now, so uh, pathetic. Yeah, <laughs> that's what happens when you try to roast us. What we've contributed. Each stocking's here. Each stocking's here. Um, yeah, I mean, you want to talk about that? Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. One thought I had about what we could do is talk about um, what we've contributed <laughs> to the Enneagram uh, as a as a group. You mm -hmm. know? And I think like the, the reason I was thinking about this was I think our distinctions of attachment versus hexad and you know what those mean, as well as um, really clarifying the sexual instinct, um, are probably our two biggest contributions to actually the Enneagram, but I feel like if those were like understood in the in a popular sense, uh it would really help a lot of people and it would change a lot. Um you know that uh being a sexual type and writing my book and stuff like that, I was never I was I like instinctively knew I was a sexual type because I was not a social type and I was not a self pressed type. But I always thought sexual was really badly defined and there was things kicking out up there that was maybe a little bit more on the mark or something. But none of it matched my experience, and uh, one time I had a MDMA experience where uh, I was put into contact with a deep fear in my body of being unattractive. 
And it was like really core, very profound fear. And I came out of it and being a four, I thought that is the most superficial thing I could imagine being motivated by, you know, that that was what I was afraid of. I, I disguised it for myself in different things about, you know, I don't know, wanting like real deep intimacy and all this other stuff. And I'm sure it's a part of it, but it was to really see like, oh, I'm afraid of being unattractive. And then I did a lot of research on, uh, bio- I like, I had to understand it biologically. Like I had to understand like what, like, you know, how, how do you, how do human animals relate to what is the se- human sexual drive? And then how my, how is my reactions based in that? And so that like led to a lot of my book. Um, but you know, working with people, uh, as coaching and stuff like that, um, uh, I work with mostly sexual blinds, and a lot of people come to me uh, because they've read my book, and I'm the only one defining the sexual instinct in a way that helps them. And uh, you know, just the amount of like people's sexual trauma and wounding is so immense, and so how to locate and deal with all that grief around the sexual blind spots—a huge thing. So, uh, you know, that feels really—I'm uh, pr- pretty uh, proud of that, and really glad that's out there. And I feel like uh, our our pod has done a good job of fleshing it out and like, mm-hmm. demonstrating it and demythologizing it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times people online just like make the sexual instinct into something that's very self-flattering. I think we've made it very um, human and regular and not so yeah. special. Right. Um, and uh, so, so yeah, that's, I don't know. There's, there's a lot more to say, I guess, but I don't I want to keep rambling. Yeah. The sexual instinct. Um, I mean, I, it was a big deal for me, uh, studying the instinct changed my life to sort of understand uh, what's really going on with these instincts and for my own sexual instinct, because I couldn't identify what makes me a sexual type if I'm not self-prez or self-social. And what, how can I work with this? And what is this, what are the implications for my own life? And um, running across John's material on Facebook and arguing with all the idiots who were offended that, oh my gosh, that the sexual instinct has something to do with sexual attraction. Like, we're just animals. Like, people were so up in arms about the, uh, the fact that this is talking about animal reality. Um, but it's a real profound, I've seen that it's had a real profound effect on a lot of people who are sexual blind to recognize that getting in touch with the polarity and tension of the sexual instinct is a huge unlock in as much as it is for me to get in touch with my social instinct. And so it also feels like one of those mysterious things that's really difficult to um, make clear. As with all the blind spots, if, if it's your blind spot, it never feels like it's clear enough. So um, it's been really cool to see that people are sort of like this invisible things becoming more and more visible. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really excited to see that we've been able to do that for people over the years. So I was thinking that it'd be interesting to actually excavate the history of it, like put it together, the narrative. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll just lead that as a social type. All right. Um, So the context, yeah, context, like how did the podcast start? How did, and, and um, how did you guys all meet? Mm -hmm. And what, um, what were the, what were the kind of like, um, 
I, I have an assumption that you guys all met and kind of connected based on a common understanding that shit was wrong in the Enneagram yeah. field. And so I'm curious, what were, what were those initial sparks of curiosity and frustration? And, um, and then kind of like talk about the Facebook group, how that started. And that's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, yeah it's really good. History yeah, of yeah. The group. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. well, all things begin with the alpha and the omega, David Gray. Yeah. Social two <laughs> brought everybody together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you want me to go, or do you want to talk about? No, you. All right. Well, uh, I joined the Rizzo Hudson boards uh, in high school. I learned the Enneagram in high school. My friends uh, Colleen and Mary told me about it, and got obsessed instantly, went online to find anything, and uh, there wasn't much. Found this board, people were talking and arguing. It was mostly arguing and pretty brutal arguments and pretty yeah. brutal attacks on people. Mm-hmm. And uh, David was writing in his, you know, uh, imagistic, archetypal way, and I wrote him and was like, uh, hey, I love the way that you articulate things. I've, I kind of, I feel like I think in a similar way that you write and I've never seen anybody else do this, you know, like, like think like this. And David goes, what's your address? <laughs> and you know, I've talked about this before, but he just sent me like over a hundred dollars worth of books. And before David, I didn't really read books because most of them were fucking stupid. And since, uh, I just have not stopped reading. So David and I remained friends for, uh, what year was that? That was like 2005 or six or something. I was still in high school. And um, we just stayed in touch. We'd see each other at conferences. Yeah. Um, just friends for a long time. And then, you know, I like to, I, I like part, arguing online helps me articulate myself and get my ideas out. And it also helps me see how people think about things in, the, like in, a, in a way, like where their mind goes to things. So I can kind of anticipate how to actually respond to things in a certain way. Um, so I was just doing that a bunch, and uh, you know, and then this Emika guy starts uh, responding to things and making comments on things, and I see him talking to David or whatever, and eventually, like we were, we I think one of our early like uh, things was we were arguing with Joseph. Yeah, yeah, you know what? <laughs> Joseph was uh, new to the Enneagram, and he thought he was sexual self-pres, and at the time, I had hooked up with these guys, just you know commenting on instinct stuff and i was you know like what year is this now this is around 2015 on facebook oh wow okay okay so 2015 thing too kind of wasn't it, wasn't that part of what had us see joseph was the collage thing uh the collage thing came later okay but i mean we were the collage thing came later i think the collage thing was 2016 so it was around the same time but at that time to 2015 on facebook jo- uh, john was really pounding like sexual instinct is attraction. sexual yeah. attraction mm-hmm. and so i was act i was really activated by that so it's kind of like it became this sort of like the three of us would be on forums like really pushing this idea supporting each other mm-hmm. and we had some ideas on working on instinct stuff together mm-hmm. uh and so we kind of became friendly that way and at some point i was in new york and i hit up john hey let's meet up <laughs> and so we met up at a coffee shop and we talked and and it was like an instant like i mean i'd known of these guys uh my experience of the enneagram is looking around the enneagram is just full of boomers super lame and i'm like i can't engage with any of these people so these two guys really stood out to me as like they get it they're smart and they're 
creative, but they also seemingly have a good time. These are my type of people. So I met John. I was like, we hit it off. Um, and, uh, and then that became, Joseph came later. I think I recognized that the three of us needed some social. That, and Joseph was someone who was really seemingly passionate about the Enneagram in a serious way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we started fucking with him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just sort of like, you're not social blind, you're not social blind. And, and I, one day I messaged him and he eventually messaged me six months later and we connected and he wanted to do something in terms of uh, a site or do something together. And that's how the group and the website and everything sort of got going. So Joseph was the social push that we I needed. Yeah. 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 And that, what year was that? That was um, this, us, me, me, David, and Joseph working on any grammar. It was 2017. Mm-hmm. We started thinking about 2017. 2018, we started the group. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 2018, well, we started the group. Part of the deal is also we got kicked the fuck out of everywhere. Yes, we got kicked, oh, yeah. we got oh, kicked out of all the other groups. Oh, that was the impetus. We're going to do our own group. Yeah, one time uh, <laughs> I was having a discussion with somebody that they were like asking me about my instinct point of view and i had done all this research in biology and i started talking about um you know i thought it was like a sincere discussion so i started talking about um sexual selection i started talking about the you know the the evolution of sexual instinct and how it shows up in different animals and you know sexual selection is different than natural selection it's like how animals uh, evolve because they mate based on sexual choice being being turned on by other certain animals and I remember, I think I got too fivey because I was talking about how in a gorilla, <laughs> in a gorilla, there's, there's not as much social instinct as there are in human beings. And so what that means is that in gorillas, they're not so much selecting based on, uh, you know, choice, right? And so a male gorilla's mating energy goes towards its own muscles to beat up other male gorillas. It's not about making the, the lady gorilla like him. Whereas human beings, our personalities are in large part sexual ornaments. Mm-hmm. And that a personality is a big part of sexual attraction. And so I, did, I had this whole thing where, you know, like, oh, and, and you know, so like even the, like the male penis, for example, shows the effects of na- uh, sexual selection over time. And one of the things that, you know, it's like very big, the male penis relative to our body size, our testicles are very big. And, you know, it's all this stuff because it means that we're in, supposed to engage in a lot of sexual activity. And... If they're really small because uh, nobody heard that. Just making sure everyone heard that. Courtney's contribution was uh, yeah. Courtney, please share your contribution. <laughs> Don't ask me how I know this, but gorilla balls are very small. Yes, the size of almonds, <laughs> and their penis is an inch long. And that's because they're not the, the pleasure is not the 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 thing there. Yeah, it's not the draw there. Whereas in human beings, female sexual selection. Is based on pleasure and feeling good and being connected and all these other things. So our body shows this. So I was, I was, I was just like laying out this argument, and this person replied that I was, um, uh, what was it? Raping them, or, or yeah, di- di- like digitally raping. Digitally them. raping. And I was like, yeah. whoa. whoa. And this person identified as a sexual type. And so, uh, yeah, sort of this whole shockwave where we got kicked out of a bunch of things bunch at the same time. Yeah. It was like, I'm talking to, this person was like 40 years older than me. It was like unbelievable that the fragility, you know what I mean? In terms of just like, this is just heat biology, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, so yeah, that was a big, uh, big so aspect. We had to create our, a space for ourselves. Yeah. And it's not just like 
the accurate representation of the Enneagram, but also like this sort of, uh, I don't know, millennial, whatever, internet culture where you can express yourself and not be, um, like you can't be, like you can't just speak your mind. A lot of groups are policing the way people were expressing themselves or if you introduce a certain idea that people found offensive because they felt invalidated. So we created a group that, um, yeah, you can just be yourself. And so uh, don't expect anyone to hold your hand here. If you say something, you might be, your ideas might be challenged. And so that's why our group is the way it is. But also at the base of it is that we're not going to create a group where it's okay for people to feel comfortable that um, they can share misinformation about the types. Like we want accurate type typing to be at the center of this group. Mm. And so it was a rocky start. It was like, it created a lot of shit storms, but the end result is people who really value an environment where a social environment where people really care about, you know, the right, getting the right stuff. Well, prior to our group, uh, the Enneagram had generally like a very professional veneer. It was either professional or quasi-religious. Mm-hmm. And so it was all very sterile. Yeah. And there was no, like people just say like, oh, I'm a, I'm a five. And it was like, there might be very clearly something else. And so you couldn't even suggest like, hey, maybe you want to take a look at nine something or something else. like that. Yeah. And that would just proliferate and create conceptual drift and all this other stuff. And so, yeah, it was just like, had this like, very like 90s 1990s seminar vibe energy yeah that was like that i feel like our group did a pretty good job of clearing up so i, I know we're not roasting here but i'm gonna do the anti-roast and that willingness to have spaces where people don't necessarily feel held mm-hmm. but there's a larger purpose of accuracy that's an advantage of social blind, mm-hmm. right? Is like that willing, it's, this is not my problem, mm-hmm. whether you feel part of the group. Right. Um, and so I do think that that's part of the edginess generally of the podcast, but also the, the Facebook group is you are committed to things that are bigger than whether people like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 100%. How do you do that? And so the, the podcast came out of uh, um, some Facebook chats that developed and people were sharing even more on a personal level. And so it became this blend of personal sharing, but also a discover, delving into the material even more. And then people started asking for a podcast. And well, yeah, I mean, I want to circle back, talk about a closet exercise. Oh, yeah, you know? I forgot about but that. Yeah. I'll talk about this briefly. In 10 minutes. Sure, yeah. yeah. That, that all happened organically. Yeah, yeah but, uh, I mean, I, we were going to IA, the International Enneagram Association Conference, and, like, we would go so that we would all have these, like, big, like, have big parties afterwards, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like... The zone before the zone. It was, like, yeah, yeah. proto-zones. And uh, it was, like, cool to have, like, us, but also, like, kind of extras around. Right. <laughs> you know, like, like, just, like, people around that kind of be like, let's keep the energy going. Mm-hmm. And so we go dancing, all this kind of stuff, and we go crazy. And it was like, man, the conferences aren't that great. Uh, but it's really expensive. And um, I think it was, so first it was, like, I remember at one of those conferences being like, David, I'm going to go, we should do a podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, like. And, and you know, it was sort of like, ah, maybe, you know, and we're like, but we should do it. I think we, our conversation is really interesting and good. I think this would be fun. It's like, ah, ah. And then um, 
did we start at the pandemic? We started, yeah, we started at late right 2019, we started recording. Okay. Went yeah. live in 2020. Yeah, yeah. Before the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. So it was, because, uh, yeah, I remember we started, yeah, we remember having some phone calls about how we would do it and stuff mm-hmm. like this. And, um, but yeah, it was just, I, I remember just bothering these two uh, about it. And, and, you know, we were like, and yeah, Nancy should join all this other stuff. And um, you just have interesting discussions and maybe somebody will listen. Yeah. We didn't uh, expect anybody to listen. Yeah. We were like, all right, we'll just, and it, it's, it's been like a social, every year has been like a step forward in, uh, like in stepping forward into the social, like with Joseph, like there are a lot of things that I've been doing over the last five years that I never thought that I would want to do or even do. Being on camera is extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Being recorded is extremely uncomfortable. so it's been like one thing led to the next you know doing the podcast led to be more comfortable on camera and or even just typing people and dealing with their reactions so um yeah it's been a huge uh, for the three of us just even learning that we like meeting up on a weekly basis and talking to each other Mm -hmm. the fact that we do the podcast together is a secondary benefit yeah. The fact that we like, we get to yeah. hang out with each other every week. Yeah, yeah. we didn't realize that. We didn't realize that. that. blinds, <laughs> like, oh, we like talking to these people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to I circle back to you, though, because so you were on discussion boards for a while, and you guys found each You and John found each other in right. 2005. That's almost 20 years ago. Yeah. And then, um, and then when's the first time you guys all met in person? Not until, I think, a conference in, like, 2012. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So, but you had already been doing your own kind of alchemical creative work with the Enneagram. Yeah, and just and on your own. Yeah, I think it was 2014. Time of the mic. Uh, in around <laughs> 2014, I came up with the my instinct cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, sent those out to these guys. Yeah. And that was that. That's the initial. There were collages on there. Okay. And that kind of spurred that whole collage, collage movement so i guess what i'm trying to piece together is like the the sequence of um of insights that have built into the content universe that we now have yeah so like you had your instant cards mm-hmm. and then somewhere also along the line you had sinflow counterflow yep. you had and the elements and the elements yeah yeah how did do you have a sense of how that all came about <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't you know. Like the thing with the elements, the classical elements associating them with the instincts, for some reason it just occurred to me probably around, I don't know, like 2010 or so, roughly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and yeah, I don't even know why I had the idea to associate sure four elements okay. with three instincts, but right. I did. Um, and when, when I did it, it just immediately clicked like this is a fact, right? It's just obvious that, that it made sense. And that is kind of the precursor to the collage piece because right. there's an elemental aspect in the collages. How'd, so, how'd you yeah. link the Bhava Chakra? Where'd you find Bhava oh, Chakra? Well, there was a woman on the discussion board we met on. Uh, who mentioned Hungry Ghosts, which is one of the realms in the Baba Chakra. And I looked that up uh, just immediately for some reason, and I saw that there were six of them. And I just said to myself, 
this is going to be the stackings. Mm. And then I read them, and I could immedi immediately correlate them to the stackings, just ping, 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 that just went, and that's how that went. So the first collage exercise was done when you had your ex-girlfriend. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was with the... I, he had given me his uh, instinct cards, and I was just fascinated with the idea that people could sense into the uh, instincts that way. And so I was just trying them out with people, and I was dating a sexual one at the time, and she was highly critical, and she hated them, hated David's collages. And so I was like, you know, why don't you make, make them? She, so we ended up making collages for her with her arrangements and her images. And then I had an idea to send it off to David, not telling him who, he, who it was. I said, what are your, what's your sense of these images? Mm -hmm. And so he wrote, wrote like a couple paragraphs that basically were describing her. Mm -hmm. And that made the connection that, wait a minute, if someone makes a collage, their instincts are in the arrangement of the images. Right. And so that began, well, let's just see how far this can go. I'll get somebody else who he doesn't know to make a collage and he'll get impressions from it. And so that became, all of 2017 was basically fleshing out this idea. And, and what, it, what was crazy to me is that there were six distinct styles that emerged from however many ways people were putting images together. So the six, you know, worlds were showing up through these collage arrangements. And to me, that was like, whoa. This, I thought this David, you know, this, his um, Baba Shocker connection was just, you know, interesting idea. I didn't know that, I didn't think it would show up in things people were actually doing. So it made the instincts just like become a real thing that the stackings were real in, in the way that people were, uh, their relationship to images and aesthetics. And not just collages, but in general, like this, the way you see the world, the way you dress, the way everything is coming through your instincts. And so um, that began what the collage exercise became. And yeah, that's pretty amazing. I feel like the collage thing is like, um, like it's a true discovery. You know, mm -hmm. It's like it's a. And even the way that it came about sort of just surprised everybody. Right. Um, and I feel like what you guys are doing with the dream stuff is in a certain way an extension of that, you know, or a deepening of it. Because, I mean, really, I mean, the collage thing is just an, an, an imprint of your, an aesthetic imprint of your unconscious. Yes. You know? um, and, yeah, I feel like that's like a meaningful, like a really meaningful contribution, the collage thing. It kind of, it blows my fucking mind. Yeah. You know, like, it's an amazing thing. It is. How much you can get out of that. Yeah. So, so then, so, all right, so at this point, we're like 2017-ish, 2019, 2017. Some, somewhere around there. You have the collages, the sexual instincts. Um, so we start the group, and we start typing yeah. people uh -huh. for free, having people submit typing videos in their collages. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, there's a shitstorm because the results people are getting are very different from what they thought. <laughs> but at the same time, people were able to see the types in action. People were learning the Enneagram because they could see oh, I can see that these, this is a self-prezzy collage or this is a social collage, but they can see, oh, this person who thinks they're four, they're doing all this, you know, sick stuff. I can see the head energy. So the types, people were learning the Enneagram experientially. Um, so not just because we were typing people, but people were able to see the types in action. Mm -hmm. And so it, it sort of started building a collective energy or, around, a collective intelligence around observing uh, what the types were in real time. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and so that's, that, be, that began in 2018, and it's sort of like 
uh, I think people have been learning Enneagram that way, just to right. see people post their types and talk about themselves. That's a good point because, like, uh, these days, you know, you get you pay for typing and you just get like the results back. Sure, yeah. But it used to be like totally uh, free, open, transparent, and everyone was participating. Yeah. So it wasn't just uh, like you know y'all three just yeah. making shit up. It was like there was a whole kind of feedback loop around it. People that, could see the types for real. Like they could see, okay, I see why they got typed that way. Um, and it sort of demystifies all these types. Like, okay, head center, body center, heart center. And um, yeah, I mean, I've learned, that's how I learned the Enneagram, but there are a lot of people who started to see, like, it was like an informal type panel mm -hmm. to totally. see uh, real people showing up as certain types. Yeah. I have a quick anecdote on that uh, front. I joined the group during this part of, you know, the history before they were uh, paying for collages. I remember coming into the group because uh, I had seen David stomping around other groups telling people that they're nines. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to get ahead of the confrontation. So I just, <laughs> like a nine, you know, I didn't want to be confronted. Um, so I went in there and, the, you know, I read the instructions, do a 20 minute, or I think it was like less than that at some point. I don't know, whatever. I did a typing video. I submitted my collages and I thought I was a sexual self-pressed five wing four <laughs> based on very bad information. It's obviously nowhere near the truth now. But um, I remember before I had gotten feedback from uh, David or Emika, uh, just people in the group were already guessing nine, you know, just like, like other students mm -hmm. were already guessing nine. And I remember somebody po or commented on the video saying something like, oh, cause I took it while I was driving and not looking at the camera, which is a good indicator of what type I was already. <laughs> um, somebody said, well, we don't see your body language. And I immediately jumped on that opportunity to like refilm the video uh, with the excuse like, oh, I, I can't possibly be a nine. I was driving. And so you can't see that I'm not a nine. <laughs> Uh, so I redid the video, but in between that, Emika messaged me, and all he said was, why'd you delete your video? Or I can't remember the specifics, but he said something <laughs> like, why'd you delete your video? And I was like, uh, somebody told me that I, you know, did the instructions wrong. And he's like, you're a nine. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why? Or no, I, maybe I didn't say why, because I was too scared of that information by that point. But he said something, um, yeah, his basic thing, his basic thing was, you're a nine. And then in a separate, you know, social blind, like very short sentence, he said, I can see it in the first 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and I was horrendified. <laughs> um, and then I eventually posted the collages and David typed me social self-pres. And I was like, this is insane. What is going on? And then I asked him, like, why, how do you see social self-pres? And his response on the comment was something like, well, I just don't see anything about sexual attraction. Like, how are you trying to... Um, I don't know, like it, it convey any kind of sexual attraction in your direction. And I remember also being horrified by that. It was like, that is a sinful way of living. And I am not, I guess I'm not a sexual type. <laughs> so that's when I started. Anyway, back to Now you're living in sin. <laughs> now I love sin. <laughs> I feel like um, one of the narratives in our group is that there's bad information out there. And um, I think that that's true. But I also think that part of people's mistyping that is also one of the insights regarding people's mistyping that our group has also kind of surfaced is that it's actually just very hard to see yourself. Yeah. And that um, 
even even with excellent verbal descriptions, um, developing the inner eye to be able to see the patterns that are unconscious in you is actually a, a developmental process. Mm -hmm. And um, I think one of the one of the things that fascinates me, particularly as a social Bermuda type, about the Facebook group is the boundaries that you guys enforce in it. And I feel like the kinds of the ways that you kick people out, the reasons you kick people out, and the kinds of behavior and comments that you don't tolerate um, are reverent to that thing, which right. is like kind of the truth that you're sort of like the people who are valued in the group are the people who can access their own emotional truth. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and the people who aren't or who get kicked out are people who are sort of stuck in some kind of deception. And I wonder if you guys could talk about that and like how that came about and your, um, yeah, your insistence on it or like did that, was that clear up front or did it kind of emerge as a sensibility mm -hmm. over time? Well, it used to be a lot more like chaotic and yeah. drama prone uh -huh. and a lot of mentally ill people and people just having meltdowns. Like there was periodic waves of emotional meltdowns when people got a type and they didn't like, um, or there was a two who didn't get the kind of, um, one of the few twos that got typed, uh, who I can't remember exactly what happened, but I don't think she was getting the kind of red carpet rolled out for her that she expected because yeah. she was connected to therapists or something. It was like, she just could not believe, like, she, she had a huge fucking meltdown about it. You know, there was, like, these sort of people trying to get a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. And it's weird. It was, like, it was specifically, like, kind of clout chasing in this weird, stupid group. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, people just get taking stuff really fucking personally. Very personal. It was very strange. So, yeah, it was, we started locking down. And people, also people making alts to get into our group. And like just caused drama. It was really fucking weird. Because we used to be a lot more hands-on responding to people. And so because of these meltdowns, we learned to just take more of a step back because any comment can be if I comment about someone's type, they can take it as you're you're uh invalidating me or you're talking shit about me or something mm -hmm. like that. And so we've stepped back. But at the same time also just to send a message that we aren't going to tolerate people doing that kind like ruining it for the people who are really here sincerely mm -hmm. to get into this stuff. But I also think doing DAA has changed the tone of the group because mm -hmm. people get to see our faces talking through these type distinctions. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of these questions have been answered by all these, some of these classes we've done. I've noticed that um, people don't have much shit to say when you're, we're pumping out videos on a weekly basis about um, these type distinctions. So I've definitely noticed that. But it's also, yeah, setting boundaries, but also we're in a way more present, even though we're distant. Like we're more like we have more um, context, I guess, for people to hold on to about our positions on these types or mm -hmm. what we think the right types are. Can you talk about the origin of DAA? So... DAA is DAA came about because uh, actually because of OPS and for years we people have been asking us to teach them how we type and we just didn't want to do workshops and um, you pointed to Ikram because she was the one who introduced yes, OPS. Yes, she introduced David to OPS and he got us into OPS and we saw that David and Shan of OPS were doing weekly videos. Yeah, and we were like, that's a format that we can do. 
we can do uh, something like that where we show examples of types and we discuss it. We do that anyway, just hit record um, versus doing like a planned workshop. Uh, so we started that and people really enjoyed it. And it was a good informal way for us to get our insights out there with typing in a somewhat structured but not really structured way, but also entertaining. And um, yeah, just almost like hanging out and sharing insights. That's kind of how we all learned mm -hmm. how to do this stuff. Uh, and uh, we've been doing it for about two years now. Yeah, cool. One thing that's kind of striking me is that I feel like everyone here in this circle is comes to the Enneagram from a place of personal inspiration mm -hmm. and a sense of like um, creative exploration. Yes. And I think you know part of that is due to the boundaries that you set in the group that it creates the kind of space that attracts those people. Right. Um, but I'm thinking, like, Courtney, I'd love to hear from you about your kind of origin story with Enneagram and how object relations started to percolate for you. And, um, yeah, and then, and then maybe we kind of go from there to the dream thing. Because yeah. I think there's, like... There's a progression. Yeah, yeah. There's a creative there's, progression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <coughs> Thanks, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so John and I met in 2018. Do you want to tell the story? Sure, yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, uh, I, I used to work uh, as Russ Hudson's assistant, and he was teaching, uh, he started teaching these inner work retreats on the centers, and, like, last minute, he he needed some, me to, like, co-teach with him. So, you know, I worked for, with Russ for, like, five years, and, um, this was like the only teaching gig or whatever that I did with them, but I like fell into it as like, I think it was one of the most, more advanced things, you know? And uh, so we're teaching and there's this uh, striking blonde Valkyrie in the audience. <laughs> and, um, and at the end of it, uh, I'm just chilling in the Enneagram Institute's like, the, it was a place called The Barn, and there was like a cafeteria. And Courtney just some comes talk to me and uh, we just hit it off and, and then you hit me up a few times. We had like long conversations just about the Enneagram and you were kind of like throwing out ideas and checking them off and sharing stuff. And we just had a good friendship right away. Yeah. And I think from my perspective as a type six, and I still struggle with this a little bit, like before I wanted, which is so different than you all, uh, before I felt like I could make any sort of contribution, I needed to get the total landscape of what already existed. Mm -hmm. and. So I was talking to John because I'd obsessively read everything I could find, but it still felt like I didn't feel like I checked off every box. And so there were things that I started asking John about, and one of them was the object relations framework, which people had made passing reference to, which you couldn't find in the literature anywhere, right. really. And I started actually, as a type 6 would, from a place of fear, like, what does everyone know about this that I don't know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm remembering, yeah. Cause, yeah, because I've been, I mean, I, I've always been obsessed with the object relations. And I was like, that's the thing! That's the thing! And then it, it was cool that you, you immediately like, recognized that was the thing, too. Yeah. 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 And so I started out wanting to know the object relations stuff. as a, like, this is a part of the Enneagram that I need to know if I'm going to understand the Enneagram. Just like I need to understand reactive types versus, you know, 
positive outlook and assertive versus withdrawn, blah, blah, blah. And as I worked through it with John, the classification just really wasn't working for me. Like, it really felt like it was working in a mental way, and that was about it. And I couldn't, there was nowhere to go to understand at a non-cognitive level what those categories and what it meant to be attached, what it meant to be rejecting, what did it mean the mother figure versus the father figure. And it was really from my own desire to be touched and moved by the material and, and recognizing that the sixth way of doing that was actually was missing the mark. And that in order to be emotionally engaged and, and moved, really, um, by what object relations can say about the type, I had to figure it out for myself. And so there was a whole exploration that I did on my own and then would, again, like a good six, like circle back to John. What do you think of this? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so I was really flattered when I, um, he asked me to be on the podcast and to talk about these ideas. Those are, I think, everybody's favorite episodes. Those are the episodes, if people want to get into it, some of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just a quick thing on that. Those are the episodes that like first really broke my heart about being my type and having six fix and having a three fix. So that was the, my first real uh, cracking. I guess I had kind of one before, but that really got to like the center of my suffering in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, I, I believe every type is doing something for a reason. And you can rather than to push them away as like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, figure out why, what do they have to believe in order for that to make sense? Mm. Um, for that to be the, the, their chosen course of action. Mm. Um, and that involves sort of being that type. Um, and viscerally and emotionally living in their shoes and in their skin. Um, and I think object relations is a way to do that. Um, and then I think, obviously, there's been so much that has come out of those initial podcasts where you all have really run with the idea of attachment versus hexad. And I think a lot of people come to the Enneagram, maybe not social blind types, but uh, others, like trying to figure out their interpersonal dynamic. Like, why can I not get along with this person? Mm-hmm. And to me, the object relations piece is the most helpful lens to look at what is really like a driving motivation for so many people with the Enneagram is trying to figure out how to be in relationship with the people they love. Um, so I think that's really the contribution of the attachment versus bad structure is it, it provides a whole different way of understanding interpersonal relationships seen through the lens of the Enneagram rather than lists and categories. And stuff. Totally. You know, kind of, you know, circling back to um, the beginning of the podcast, um, I remember uh, we started, yeah, we, in 2020? 20, 20, late 2019, we started recording. Yeah, we started recording, but we really started releasing in 2020. 2020, January. I, yeah, I remember um, getting uh, COVID on one of our calls. Yeah. Like, before, before even I knew, like, COVID was really coming, everybody was kind of like, oh, maybe it'll just not be a thing. And I like was like, man, I'm getting really fucking sick right now. 
and I had COVID and, and uh, like in February and you know, so then, uh, you know, everybody's fucking isolating during it. And so being able to talk to these guys, uh, was really important. Yeah. And, you know, I had that a lot of, big year. that was big. Yeah, yeah. I had a lot of friends on, um, you know, that kept me in touch with other friends, you know, like to just be the different exemplars and we need to re-record some kind of new, you know, having like, like, you know, ones on and twos right. on and right, kind of right, thing. Right, right, right. Um, but uh yeah that was really great and then part of why we did the first zone was because the conference was canceled yes and we were like we still want to fucking hang out why like you know what like and we've also just been not doing stuff because of covid so everybody came to new york and that's where this tiny one came from (laughs) and uh it was funny because before she and i were together she was on the making nine great again call and i was bringing up how she was like like we were talking about emotional location, how a nines hide it. And she was like, yeah, I hide my emotional location. So, uh, what I'm saying is I can never be with the four, John. <laughs> <laughs> never be with the four. Joke's gotcha, on. bitch. <laughs> yeah. No one asked me, you know, like <laughs> I just volunteered the information that I could never be with a four with nobody's, no one fucking asked me. That was just like a weird subconscious thing that just came out of my mouth. It's still a big no mistake, beckoning. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, but I mean, I remember before, uh, like when we started going, that's like, we'd known each other in a chat and, uh, I was, man, I was like, man, Alexander's really smart. He's really funny and she's really insightful. I remember telling my ex that over and over again. <laughs> I was so smart and funny, and it's just so, so insightful and so deep. Wow, I wish she could be on the podcast, you know? Um, and then uh, we met, and it was just, it was curtains. And, you know, that was just a big, like, weekend for all of us, it you was, know? yeah. And, uh... The first zone. First zone, and it was just, I mean, it was so fun, so good. It was like, well, this is a, this is a thing. And continuing to have that, it's been such, like, a... There always seems to be like a new spurt of creativity after a zone, you yeah, know, in terms yeah. of our material, because we like either saw a bunch of good shit or saw a bunch of bad shit on right, a zone. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so for a social, for a bunch of social blinds that kind of started this, uh, it's very funny how social this is. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like you know, we got together after a zone. Um, how did the name zone come about? Josh? Oh yeah. <laughs> I think as a three, you might have reframed this story. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> I thought I'm walking into yeah. a trap now. Yeah, you're walking into a trap. So this is this is how I remember it. I was uh, so the zone was in New York where I happened to live, and um, so I was kind of doing my own thing and uh, kind of I was not yet kind of like part. You were in in yeah yeah you were so kind of like you know. Like getting to know people. You knew me, but you didn't really know everybody else yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, but I'd like hung out with you guys a couple nights, and then there was one night where, um, you know, there was the, you guys were in an Airbnb that had a basement where you literally walked down the stairs into this basement. It's like and you're in this no dark windows. And you're in this dark den. G- giant bed. Yeah, big, yeah, one giant bed. Giant bed, yeah. And um, and a lot of space to dance and stuff. Or and walk around, yeah. Walk around. So there was. You know, there were some substances involved, and um, anyway, so I, I show up late to this hang, and I walk down the stairs, and it's probably like 11.30 or something. I walk down the stairs, um, and I hear this music coming, and I get 
into the room and I see like some people are like on the bed just rolling around like this and some people on the ground like kneading their hands <laughs> around. And um and David is playing guitar standing like with his head It's like, all dark and there's lots of super lights dark and, and like red lighting and stuff. And doesn't David have sunglasses on? Probably. <laughs> yeah. So I walk down the stairs and I go, whoa. And uh and David looks at me, he goes, Hey man. We're in the zone. <laughs> Social <laughs> blind roast. <laughs> and part of that was what I was saying underneath yeah. all yeah. of that uh-huh. was, we're in this thing and you better not ruin it. <laughs> there's, a vi- there's a vibe right now and I'm worried that this guy might change everything. Change the dynamic. Keep the harmony. Yeah. That's yeah. hilarious. I, yeah. did not, I did not read the subtext at all. Wow, that's hilarious. You had to find out. Give him the mic. Let me see if it'll reach. Yeah, we're hearing everybody's origins, but I've never heard the origin of, like, uh, Josh, how'd you get involved with this group? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, um. Okay, so where does it begin? It begins, actually, I took a part one Enneagram training from the Risa Hudson Institute, and one of my teachers was Gail Scott, who was a really in- intense and uh, precise teacher. Um, who afterwards, I went up to her, I was like really moved by the whole workshop, came up to her, um, was like sobbing, just with having been like broken open by the material. And I was, she was Josh like, was being a hard boy? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she, was, uh, she was like, what's like, what's happening in your life? I was like, I'm moving to New York. And she was like, oh, you need to meet John Lukovich. Oh, nice. So I, um, so I moved to New York and uh, it turned out I actually ended up just moving to a place that was about 10 minute walk from you. Oh, and um, we met up at a coffee shop um, do you remember this? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, that's a whole story. And I, well, I, we met up at the coffee shop and, um, I came up with, I mean, I had like super eager energy. It was just like, Oh my God, like I got another guy my age. He likes the <laughs> Um, and I was like fresh, you know, like fresh three just got broken open by the Enneagram. And, uh, so I came to this, what's that? I, uh, I had been living in St. Louis, um, as a piano player. So I moved to New York, and um, let's see, I'm trying to think about what's relevant here to say. Um, well, so that you came up to me, and you were, like, in, you had long hair at the time, uh-huh. and you were in, like, very shiny three energy, like, yeah. really enthusiastic, uh-huh. and, like, I mean, it's just some, sort of, not sim, but, like, like, when Emika invited me to hang out, like, I never say yes, you know, like, yeah. to people, uh-huh. and so, like, Emika is, like, Okay, like I, I guess I, like there was some reason I felt I should go, and I was like, "Wow, this guy's really cool." And same thing with you, were like, "Let's let's meet up," and I was like, "Okay," you know, like I was, just, <laughs> yeah. and I remember like your energy was like very intense and like bright and like enthusiastic and stuff, and like uh, I mean, like you know, this is not a guy I would normally like, but I like this guy a lot. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't know why, I just like this guy. <laughs> And we'd run into each other in the in Bushwick, yeah. you know, like. Well, the first thing that you said to me, you were like, uh, basically almost no greeting. You were like, so how do you know the enneagram? <laughs> Social. And I told you this whole story. I was like, I just, you know, I took this class in St. Louis, and I just took part one training, and you're like, uh huh. <laughs> yeah. So it takes about like five years to know the enneagram. <laughs> I was like one year into the journey. I was like, all right. Well. <laughs> but yeah, no, we just kind of just became friends. We'd run into each other on the subway. Yeah. Um, and um, 
And then I started going to your classes with Julie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And I started learning about the instincts that way. Yeah. And, and just kind of, I was hungry, you know, hungry for material. And I was, I was learning a lot more. Uh, and I was kind of, um, I had a felt sense of like things that I w- had been learning in sort of mainstream Enneagram land, not quite clicking. And then when I was, when I learned from you and Julie, I was like, oh, this is, this feels more like sharp. Feels sharper. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see. Um, I don't know. I just, kinda, I just like, I'm obsessed with this material and this world. And so um, just kind of kept annoying John and uh, showing up to your classes mm-hmm. and stuff. And then I went to that retreat that you guys did. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, I was um, starting to actually run my own retreats. So I would like rent an Airbnb and invite 10 people and um, teach the Enneagram for like three days. Nice. Um, and I did that probably like six or so times in, in the New York area. Oh, wait, dude, do you want, oh, wait, hold on. This would be hilarious to pull this up. I, do you remember the email I sent you about no, working together? No. This would be good for a laugh. I'll wait, when? Like it's a, a, probably like weeks after I met you. Oh, I don't remember this, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I sent you an email. You were ready to get to work. I was, yeah, I, I, bought, <laughs> I, bought a, I bought a URL. Um, I bought a URL. 20, geez, 16? Must be. Yeah, something like that. I think I met you and Emika around the same time. Mm. Okay, yeah. 2016. So I, I had bought this URL called uh, thepresenceresolution.com. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I, like, emailed you, and I was like, I was like, and I pitched you. Like, I, I full-on pitched you. Did not receive a response. <laughs> um, I kind of just let it go and like didn't didn't ask you again. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't. I guess and I started listening to podcasts. Um, and I had met everyone. I had met everyone at the um, at, at the, the IA in the zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, yeah, I remember and then that. Kind of re re met everyone at the zone, and then it just kind of like vaguely happened that I sort of just became part of the group. Yeah. But then, uh, I mean, we can keep going with your shit because, like, uh, when you, you, there's, you're starting your own podcast, and then there's, uh, right. you know, you're based, like, I can't remember this time. We, we talked about working together, you know, like a year ago or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, cozy emergency. Um, <laughs> um, like 2020, early 2022. Yeah. And, and, uh, we, yeah, I mean, I, I was getting just sick of, uh, just coaching like just feel like there's i just can't keep doing just this mm-hmm. and we start talking and you like showed me so much fucking material you'd created like binders and book like yeah binders and presentations and notes and they're all like really well done and whatever but it was all kind of other people's material yeah and so i was like this is great josh but like like what do you think and then you took it from there you just like went crazy yeah um well let me back up for one second so somewhere around 2020 or 2021 i i was just like trying to find a way that i could be engaged with being creative in the enneagram and um i built the enneagram expressions library Mm -hmm. um based on so it's kind of like um you know, just making a visual interactive way to engage with the Enneagram or type database. Yeah. And also like I had been curating like songs and poetry and 
an art and stuff like that based on type and instinct and stuff like that. So I just kind of put it all up on this website, which ended up going nowhere, but it, and it took me <laughs> fucking forever to put it together. Um, but it just kind of felt like a labor of love. And I, um, and it kind of like started a conversation with you guys. And then mm -hmm. it just was like, I just had a really, I had a very clear felt sense that I wanted to be, I just wanted to be collaborating with you guys, you know? Right. Um, and I had all this inspiration around the Enneagram, but didn't quite know what form that was going to take. Um, and I think as a Bermuda type also just really, like really struggled to like sense what form w would be natural for me. Um, and then, and then the idea for the interview show just kind of came up and I was like, all right, I'll just, let's, let's try this out. And I, and I did a few and, um, and it just felt like it really suited me. And so, and then that also kind of became a collaboration because like now I'm interviewing people you guys are type and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I do want to pay John a compliment because uh, something that you touched on, Josh, mm -hmm. that I feel the same way. Um, so that's one of the exceptional things about John as a teacher is he's teaching you, but also validating that you have something to contribute. And I think that's very unusual. Um, and I think that's also maybe part of the reason why so many attachment types are attracted to the podcast and to the face group, Facebook group. Um, because they are, we're all, we are being taught, but also you can contribute. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's an and. Yes. And so, you know, at this point, this is what I do for a living also. And that wouldn't have happened. I don't think if John hadn't both taught me and said, you have something to say. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a, a special kind of person. Yeah. I'll, I'll add to that, that what's one of the things that drew me to John as a teacher was that um, he wasn't putting on the persona of a teacher. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just are your fucking self. And you, you know, like, yeah, like you, you crack jokes, you're whatever. Like you're just very free with your expression. And um, I see a lot of Enneagram teachers and generally spiritual teachers who, ta who take on the quality of just compassionate speaking, you know? And it's mm -hmm. like, I find that, kind of repulsive and um just like there's a certain there's a certain um way of i just i just actually let me let me say I, my first my first entry point into the enneagram was a workshop um in st louis that was taught by a guy who did a very beautiful job facilitating a psychologically safe space and um i was really attracted originally to that style of teaching that like super compassionate like looking at your heart kind of style of teaching and as i as I started like excavating more of myself, um, a, I kind of started to realize that that itself was a persona, that kind yeah. of spiritualized teacher guru persona. So yeah, so when I was learning from John, I was just like, not that. I was like, oh, this is real. It feels real. Um, and also, yeah, it just felt like we had friend chemistry. Yep. So that was cool too. Um, and then yeah, so circling back to your point, like. We, we started talking about doing school and, um, you know, as soon as you kind of floated that idea, it was like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, this is, this is what I'm for. This is what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I was just like super thrilled that you wanted to collaborate on it. Um, and when you said that, like that moment of like, 
what is Josh, what do you think about the Enneagram? I want to know what you think about the Enneagram. That was a huge moment. I mean, it, like the moment itself was like a, a bit of a gut punch, but it, it didn't, I didn't realize even how much, like it just, it, you crack the dam, you know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I have, like my mind started going to places that it just it hadn't gone before. And, um, and so that led to this whole kind of download around the object relations and the centers and the development of you and stuff. And what I real, what I started to honor after that moment was like my genuine questions that I had about the Enneagram mm. in particular that the, I always felt that the centers of intelligence were the most woo woo part of the Enneagram. Like I never felt that I never got a straight answer from a teacher about like, what does it mean to be a body type? You know, well, like, what is the body center? And there's, 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 there's constellations of words that kind of like point to that dimension of experience. Like it's gut, it's instinctual knowing, it's animal, whatever. It's like when you get a hunch about something, I'm like, yeah, yeah, but what, what does it mean? Like, and why is, why is a body, why are body types so concerned with a totally different set of needs, psychological needs than heart types? Why are they giant lumps? <laughs> yeah. And like, what's the, and like, why do they all have this similar energetic quality? And what's, so I just really started getting curious and actually turning inside for answers as opposed to like someone else who had thought of it before. Um, and, um, kind of really shocked myself with what came through, you know, like I don't, um, I'm curious to hear other attachment types speak about their experience with this, like, um, the, the developmental centers view with kind of combining object relations in the centers, um, it, 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 came th it came through me like a, an insight like I haven't had before. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a, like something up here. It just mm -hmm. kind of, it kind of just came through. And it didn't happen just all in a moment, but it happened. I found myself being drawn to a journal on my iPad and kind of like probably every day for about three or four weeks, I was just like, drawn to my ipad and i would journal for like an hour hour and a half or so and just like it would just like pour out of me um and it was combining a lot of the stuff i'd read about from ken wilbur and um just other kind of consciousness sources that i'd been reading in the last year and a half so yeah it was all very surprising um and that's anyway i guess that's the story okay yeah i yeah i appreciate uh what you said about my my teacherness or something mm -hmm. because uh yeah i mean i just saw like you know going to conferences and workshops and stuff like this you'd see just like yeah that air of whatever but you know there was such a way that it didn't fit when people were like not talking publicly and um also the enneagram is such a powerful system that people feel very seen by it and when people very feel very seen by it, they can project that feeling seen from, to the teacher. Yeah, right. The teacher yeah. is somehow this this vessel of this kind of other thing that they're seeking. And um, you know, I mean, we've all dealt with how kind of crazy some people can be. Yeah, with just a little bit, you know, like either a feeling of being seen or a feeling of not being seen. Yeah. And so I think it's really important for me that uh, like it, that those of us bringing this thing forward do so just like totally in a human way mm -hmm. and not try to sell anybody on some fucking thing because it's just it it's 
we're dealing with personality, so let's be like real about personality. And persona like having a personality is inevitable. This whole thing about like I don't know the the the, the fake like it's a fakeness around spirituality that is like really uh, I hate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll just say one other thing. Like the the interviews that I've been doing have been so amazing for me um, because it's like um, it just it's going to the, it's going to the source. You know, it's like, it's not, it's not reading about someone else's perspective. It's like just hearing what it's like in someone else's inner world. And, um, you know, just going to a person and being like, what's it like in there? Um, has like really, really refines and helps me understand like that, that there's no way I would have come up with what I came up with without that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's pretty cool to have this community that, like people have like they they arrive at the community with a hunger for and a predisposition for high resolution interiority and um and um actually i mean ikram when i've interviewed you you know that was that was an amazing experience for me too because you you just sh you showed up already having like processed a lot of your sevenness um, and we're able to articulate it in a way that was very like deep and soulful and refreshing and very clear. Um, and you were still kind of new to the Enneagram, but that's, that's something that is fascinating to me too. Is like when a person has like undergone a real journey yeah. and then they discover the Enneagram, um, it contextualizes their journey. Um, if a person hasn't gone through a journey yet and they discovered the Enneagram, it is a doorway, but also you can get lost in mistyping and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, very, I said it helps that you're a very good interviewer. You, you are very present and I think you have a, you have a very still quality to yourself and you like peer right through people. And I think that's why you're getting such good material out of people because I discovered things when I was talking to you that I didn't really put into words before. So yeah, I just want to give you a shout out there. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks. Thanks. He'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> no, me no, no. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so that's, uh, that's that. And I'm like, I mean, I'm super pumped about the school, man. Me like, too. we're like, it's just, there's so much creativity there. And there's just, it's only, like, it really, truly is the beginning. For like, sure. it's very, it's very cool what's going to happen. And speaking of the school, uh -huh. uh, our newest co-teacher uh, I wanted to get a little bit her story of mm -hmm. getting on this thing. Yeah. So, um, Alexandra, uh, yes, how did you come to the podcast? <laughs> Social climb to my way to the top. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see my story. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I mean, I like. We started the pod, and it was like over the course of the the pandemic, um, where I started to see in like these chats we were in, Alexandra's like insight and insightfulness and way of explaining things, and but also very funny and very hammy, and uh, you know I kept being like, man, I I wish when we started we'd also had Alexandra on here, um, she was just like she just got the enneagram so fast. Mm -hmm. 
and could explain it in ways that was like much more accessible than us. You right, know? right. <laughs> she could just really quickly just like explain a thing. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, after, you know, we got together and that was a big, big whole event. And, um, I remember like, yeah, just having her on more and more. I remember like, uh, Dave and Alexander doing their nine on nine action. Uh, one episode, um, recording it from her apartment in Tampa. Um, but, uh, yeah, I kind of feel like, you know, with, with, with you, like, I know you, you sort of have that nine thing of feeling like, oh, I don't know if I have anything to say, even though it's like often the most clear and like somebody posted something about, um, now that Alexander's on the pod, it's actually listenable. <laughs> 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 and I, I screenshotted it and I posted it as the story on the Instagram thing and I got like like you know, tons and tons of people liking that story and, and affirming it and stuff like this. And so <laughs> you know, now now she's doing this uh Bowser commentary. And you know, it's kinda like dark arts where uh you can take these like, like attachment, right? Like we, right, we, right. we should kinda get back to the attachment at some point, but like like as a hex head type, triple hex head, understanding attachment has been a total mindfuck. Yeah. Because um, it's like, it's like contextualized so much of why I like, like nothing made sense to me, you know? Mm-hmm, <laughs> and like mm-hmm. why human interaction was so strange to me. <laughs> and, um, you know, so Alexandra, like she watches our reality shows and she does it with like this critical eye where she's like, oh, this person's doing this and they're attaching to this and this, oh, this person just got the, she's not actually attracted to this guy, but, uh, that gave her attachment permission to be attached because it's familiar, blah, 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 blah. Hmm. It was like such good play-by-play analyses. And so uh, it was great. And so I don't, I don't know if you have one more say about, say more about more regular on the pod or anything? Um, or anybody else want to say things about Alexander being on the pod? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, so similar to Josh and Courtney, when I was just in the chats with you guys, um, yeah, right, yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see, what am I trying to say here? I guess, like, while we were in the chats, we were operating from such different parts of the Enneagram that I felt like, um, I don't know, I guess I felt like I could offer a perspective that was valuable and that was um, that was kind of a blind spot for you guys <laughs> in certain ways. Um yeah, I guess there's not much to say on that. I just feel like we just kind of, uh, like I, I happen to come in on the other side of a spectrum, being social dominant and being triple attachment. Um, yeah, that I guess was helpful. And I guess feeling, fe- feeling very valued and feeling very validated and feeling like I was, um, I was like helping you guys sort of solve some puzzle was very enlivening for me and very encouraging for me. And it was fun. Like it was, it was just fun. Yeah, <laughs> a yeah. fun talk and like be stupid. And, um, and then the, I liked the sudden, the sudden change of pace from some like just dumbass conversation to the depths of the instincts. <laughs> um, so it was just a good, yeah, it was just a good place. And then, yeah, after the way it got on to be on the podcast, <laughs> Um, after, so I had, (laughs) um, so I had been a guest a few times. I was on the the nine, the make nine great again. 
um, episodes. I was on a social episode. There was a social versus social self-pres versus social sexual episode. And then um, when John and I got together, I was just invited to talk a lot more until it just became a regular thing. <laughs> and then I, you know, recorded my part of the intro. And, you know, that's really all there is to that. It has been interesting to get feedback from people on my, on the kind of like new tone that having a social type and having a triple attachment, um, specifically a social triple attachment. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been interesting, yeah, it's been interesting to get the feedback on what my presence does to the atmosphere. I do think that I kind of speak for uh, the collective in a lot of ways, and I'm kind of giving, I'm kind of providing like the baseline, um, I don't know, just like the baseline, like, what would you say, like jumping off point or something like that? Mm-hmm. We'll say that uh, I think at least the three of us often talk from a place of bewilderment about like other people. Yeah. You know, and like, what is going on here? And then you will just come in and be like, this is what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 like a, like a, a whole ch- the whole social chessboard, the whole emotional chessboard, this is what they actually wanted, but this is how they thought about going and get it, and this is where it went wrong. And we're like, oh, wow, mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I guess that's a blind spot that I was that I was referring to earlier because it seemed like you guys were really confused about really basic things. And I was, <laughs> <laughs> about people. I was able to come in and be like, that's, they just like each other. <laughs> but friendship is confusing. They're friends. <laughs> it is. And yeah, that's been fun. Yeah, but um, I mean, I think it's one thing to say triple attachment and social first and therefore you represent a missing piece in the podcast or are representing sort of a a dominant lens that you three don't have but it's not just that because there are a lot of people that have right and so it's it's also the ability to articulate what that actually means um so it's 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 not just your type. It's not just your intro of like here I'm a social type, blah blah blah. It it's your ability to speak about it um, in an articulate way. That's what I think people are pointing to. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. <laughs> so I think in terms of the like just recontextualizing the whole narrative. So starting with with Courtney's object relations episode feels like what what we've been kind of doing as a collective is burrowing through like the bottom of the Enneagram and discovering the, the layers and layers beneath it that actually kind of collectively produce the Enneagram in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, the, so like object relations and then, and then attachment versus hex had and then attachment to disconnect and then, um, and then my whole thing with object relations. And, um, and instinct for everything. And instinct, yeah. that's part of it too, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, let's see, we can make this graceful subway or segue. So I'm thinking about like burrowing down yeah. into the unconscious, like, and um, are you segueing to the dream? Plan? I am. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. No, I, I have just the thing I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Is that. yeah, yeah. Go ahead. You know, another piece that's like a major factor of our podcast that just occurred to me after Alexander was speaking uh-huh. was a lot of stuff has come from relationships, mm-hmm. like in yep. romantic relationships, yeah, like, like all that mm. soul intercourse stuff. That and was like, huge. Yeah, like just blind spot stuff, and I mean, like, like, we, we just, like that's been a, like a weird, not weird, like you know, there's a lot of sexual en- energy on our podcast, so there's obviously that's going to be a big factor, but like. 
our personal relationships and romantic relationships have like done so much too. have been right. so transformative and brought up so much stuff in ourselves and each other. And, um, so, you know, I mean, like, just like, you know, I thought I understood something about social instinct and then I, I get with Alexandra and I'm learning a whole bunch of like way, like, like, uh, areas I needed love that I didn't even know love didn't know we're there didn't know love could go all the kind of kind of stuff and you know i mean we just had enormous personal transformations through that stuff and so i, I just like that's a big part of our thing too so i just wanted to the the attachment to the attachment versus hexad wouldn't have happened unless so intercourse happened and then people reacting to that which oh. was like oh well, how are, why are people reacting this way oh this is hexad versus attachment and that was like three months of insights around attachment uh, whoa yeah oh, so i mean yeah, there's yeah. just a okay. way that i think it was a point where you asked like you asked like how are we how is this creativity happening is like we have experiences and it sort of flips fucks with your head we were like what is going on here <laughs> i know it's kind of like just really honoring your bewilderment exactly you know? <laughs> like, just following yeah. the the unpredictable you know yeah. uh pull of curiosity based on things that happen to us that we don't understand uh-huh and um, even like the last zone, based on some things were happening, that that opened up a whole door of That's insights. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I do like weird shit happening. Even if I don't like what happens, I always end up, you know, getting a lot from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty amazing how like it's possible to have genuine, fresh insights when you just look inside. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. like yeah. you just take the content of your life, you go in and you look at your reactions and go, "What the fuck?" And yeah. go, "What? Yeah, what the hell's going on here?" <laughs> yeah. So speaking of that, um, so maybe just as a prompt, like, how did you, so Kristen specifically, maybe how did you, how did you find the group? And then um, you have a whole history with dreams and kind of living in an alternate dimension. <laughs> and your interview that we did is coming out next. So that's happening yes. soon. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm curious about like how you kind of started making the connection between dreams and the Enneagram and then how the three of you guys all connected mm -hmm. and kind of moved into that, into that space together. And what's fascinating about it for you now? Right. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I've, I, I said it before that I found the group um, through my social blind roommate. Um, and like just listening to it, at a job that I can finally listen to things at, like I had a lot of time to spend like listening and like really letting it impact me, I think. Um, and that's what like the things that I'm drawn to the most are like something that really hits me. And dream work was at simultaneously kind of at the same time that I started getting into Jung's work and that was really hitting me as well. Um, so I actually didn't even think of like, doing Enneagram and dreams at first. Um, like it wasn't an initial thought, but it, like the last zone when I started talking about dreams just because I'm blast first. And so I only talk about things that I can blast about <laughs> and dreams just happened to come up and people started trusting me with their dreams. I started realizing like, oh my God, like the Enneagram is alive in the unconscious too. And it's very, very personal. To each person so then like seeing it hit them individually and just how deep the Enneagram is then just like descriptions or like um, 
like ego kind of stuff. Like there's a whole universe that's like just charging all of that. And I'm like, I was super drawn to that. So immediately I started just getting these kind, again, it's like creative, like I don't know where it came from. Um, this like creative impulse to understand that connection. Um, so I thought like, I, I guess like we kind of just started talking because of being in the last zone together. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, yeah, okay. Uh, David mentioned like, you guys should start talking about these things <laughs> more like in depth. And we're like, okay, great idea. Um, and they're just as interested in it. So we all are like discovering things about ourselves. And I don't know, like it's because I'm not like an analyst. I didn't go to school for this kind of stuff. So it's like, I, I find that kind of freeing in a way because I can be more creative and not like there kind of doesn't need to be rules for it. And I'm feeling into it instead of like, okay, here's like, I'm just checking off the boxes in a book already or something. So, mm-hmm. and then learning about it even more through like personal relationships mm-hmm. and how other people's dreams are impacting them. And then what that says about their type and how they're doing it and stuff like it's just pretty cool. I don't know if you guys wanted to say anything else. Probably not. You dead? Okay. <laughs> Me too. Well, I want to just real quick say, so Kaiza, if anybody wants to know more about Kaiza, I have an interview with you also. And um, so as I recall, you're like, you're actually studying to, you're studying therapy, right? Or studying psychology or something like that. Remind uh, me. Yeah. Yeah. Too. Psychology. Yeah. Um, and I was pretty blown away when we talked just when, when, first of all, you reached out to me to do the interview and you were like, I have notes <laughs> and you had like a lot of notes and a lot of topics that we probably didn't even get to on that podcast. But I guess I'm just pointing to the fact that you're obviously a very deep thinker and a very brilliant person who's come up with a lot of original stuff yourself. And like I experience you as a very creative intellectual and um, yeah, so just, it kind of just made sense to me that um, you are part of the kind of dream world podcast and What's interesting to me about what you guys have, have been doing, I've listened to the first couple episodes and I'm really struck by how personal it is mm-hmm. um, and how much, uh, just how, how much of a fast track to the most vulnerable part of you um, DreamWork is. And I think it's very courageous what you guys are doing, actually like talking about your dreams and analyzing them together um, on a live podcast. Um, it's, it's quite amazing. Yeah. Um, so maybe if you guys have any words for what it's been like to go through that process and, um, start excavating your own unconscious through this dream world dream work lens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, well, as I see it, when each of us bring our own unique qualities and own unique mind in into the process that creates a very special kind of fusion <laughs> where the like real creation and inspiration can happen and uh, come up as something valuable that we can share and uh, we, we started approaching it in a way that like we briefly introduced the uh, dream world and 
Then we started delving into the instincts and we made this kind of dream incubation where each of us, uh, we started with self-press. Each of us journaled about self-press and asked our unconscious to have a dream. And we have a self-press dominant, self-press middle and a self-press blind there. And like through that for each of us there opened like a very profound process of understanding what is the uh, essence of self-press in our unconscious as an er energetic charge that's um, like propelling us to do the self-press and how for example me as self-press blind how can I access that as an internal sensation and not as something that is projected in external words world and not trying to like copy what others do what self-pressed dorms or self-pressed middles do it's like it's never gonna look the same to me and so i have to do some uh, internal exploration to like figure out what is it what is my essence what are my dreams and longings and those are the things that i need to preserve and it's not some kind of self-preservation out there that needs preserving it's something in inside myself and then finding the um finding the energy inside me that would then uh help me like find the kind of nourishment and comfort and self-containment and yeah we've um, we have kind of through a lot of meltdowns because like with each instinct there is a lot of a lot of like trauma and uh, grief anger frustration fear that is blocking your access to that instinct like especially with blind spots but also with dominant and secondary and feeling all that emotion kind of releases an access to that instinct and uh, enables one to form a form an actual relationship with that instinct. Mm. And that's kind of the process that we are. We have six episodes on self-press. Now we have been through two on social. And yeah, it's it's been super interesting and fulfilling. And we have like shit ton of written material too. We are gonna probably somewhere in the future come up with some uh, mm. yeah. yeah I think um, one of the fun things about like doing it this way is it's giving me like, ideas on just how everything is moving in the unconscious like the Enneagram is just this moving thing inside of you just constantly developing and growing and breaking down and growing again and like you know it's so the instincts are intense right now, but I've I've I'm looking like way into the future already, and I have ideas for like the centers and the types and like, and it's it's not like it's surprising me each time I think about it because it's not just a matter of like oh here are the the symbols of you know the body center or something like it's much more dynamic than that, mm -hmm. and so it's like I don't know it's like a, I think one of the things I learned this last night like that the enneagram world can sometimes lack is the connection to the unconscious 
And I think that's why a lot of people do use it as kind of like a, an ego game because it's like, mm. here's the thing that defines me and here's the descriptions and I fit them and whatever. So like when you're involving the unconscious and seeing just how like dynamic and different and deep that world is inside of you and how much like you're not actually like relating with people or your life in the way that you know deep inside of you really wants to it's just covered in layers and layers of just like complexes and associations and history of your life like it's like letting that process break down so you can get to like the core of it mm -hmm. and that's really hard and that's what we're learning <laughs> it's really fucking hard yeah it's kind of like listening to the podcast we're learning that with you yeah in real that, time. i kind of you like know? that too because yeah. it's like I, I kind of like, you know, might want to beat up on myself sometimes because I'm like, I'm not a professional or anything, but that's actually something that I've, um, I, I don't like about like professional material is like, I, I don't hear any examples really. Like I don't mm -hmm. get to see the work in, it's just a bunch of theories kind of up yeah. in the air. And even though I'm a social type and I love things that are up in the air, like I still need, like, I need to see it inside of me too. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I, I really love like just watching it in each of you guys is like, <laughs> yay! <laughs> it's really cool to watch it. Um, like making mistakes and then like relooking at things and then like I, yeah I think it's just a lot more uh, it's uncovering a lot more than I thought it would. Mm. Very cool. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Here you want the you want this microphone. Yeah. Any last words, Chicago Zone? This is zone number six, I believe. Zone number six. Zone six, yeah. Season four. <laughs> Season four. Oh, this is a really good zone. Not to toot my own horn. <laughs> You're all welcome. <laughs> collective energy is really great. Yeah, collective energy is actually the exact word to That's use. exactly what it is. It feels very communal. It feels very safe and very intimate. And like, um, I don't know, just observing last night, there were like different people like pairing off and just going and having their intimate moment together, getting to share with each other. And then it would like reconstitute and there would be different pairings, you know, doing mm -hmm. the same thing. And we had people crying and we had people laughing and um, it's just been a really, it's just been a really like beautiful and safe holding environment yes. to get to experience each other and get to experience ourselves at the same time. And I'm really thankful for that. Since we've been doing these uh, zones, I feel like it's gotten safer and more intimate every time. Yes. And yeah, I'm just really excited to see where it goes. I hope this is something that be is, you know, ends up being like a really long standing thing because these have been really key moments in my life that I think will be like defining moments for me as, it, as time goes on. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. All right, thanks, bitches. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> we need the three sign off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's right. All right, losers. <laughs> thanks for tuning in to Big Hormone Enneagram. Sammy, calm down, please. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Shut Jesus the fuck Christ. up. <laughs> We're all exhausted by Sammy's energy. <laughs> I mean, really. Um, Toxic yeah. Sammy won't shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. 
All right, guys. Sweet. Right. Love everyone. Peace out. Yeah. Peace. Bye. Bye,